This is the Bladcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world, hosted by Christian Blatt. Today, Christian is joined by Will Sterling. So please, dim your lights, silence your phones, return tray tables to their upright and locked positions, and get ready for what is quite possibly the longest hour, or shortest two hours and 56 minutes, of your life. And now, your host, because he won't let anyone else do it, Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast. We're referring to this as the Teth Blattcast, uh, although we have a series of uh, subtitles for it that we might run through in a moment. As always, I am Christian Blatt, talking about Warner Brothers' Black Adam film with the one, the only, Will Sterling underscore. Hello, sir. Hello. What You always say, uh, you know, you're, you are, uh, as, as mentioned, Christian Blatt. What if one day you were just somebody else? Don't you ever choose? You don't ever want to be somebody else. I would Say like to Shazam. Who do you turn into? Will you be? I will you be white Adam. I turn into me, but taller. Okay. So like okay. I'm no stronger. I don't have any powers. I'm just like and and it's not crazy. I'm like four inches taller. But honestly, I w- I could use it. That would, would go a long way for me. I'd be like, you know what? This is not too bad. I look yeah. a little taller. No, it, it would it would not be it would not be too bad. Uh, in any case, uh, Will and I will be joined by a couple other uh, friends. Uh, we'll be speaking with the Raging Rhino, John Nolan, and uh, our pal Jeff Winstead of The Alternate and other work as well, which we'll make sure to get to when he's on. But uh, we, you and I, went last Friday. We made these plans on the air on the Black yes. last week. We went and uh, surprise, surprise. It was an IMAX screening of Black Adam. And uh, just as always, these episodes, we're going to get into the spoilers. If you don't like the spoilers, don't watch the show. And I forget who it is, but there's somebody who doesn't care about the spoilers. They always watch ours and they hear all the spoilers and then they decide if they still want to see it or not. So uh, for that person, uh, stay with us. Anybody who doesn't like the spoilers. But uh, big picture, big reactions. You tweeted something that I actually want you to kind of echo. You had a great point that the positive comments about this movie are true. Uh-huh. And the criticisms about this movie also true. So, yeah. uh, you know, sort of peeling back a little bit of what you were going to say. Uh, let's start there. Um, yeah, it's sort of, I don't know. It's a... Uh it's kind of a confounding move. Like we talked about it a little bit after it was over, like certainly, it's certainly not a bad movie. Um, it's also not a great movie, but it's like, it's not, it's not so not great enough that it's bad, but it's not so bad that it's not great. You know, <laughs> it's like the strangest, like, uh, uh, it's entertaining. There's things to like about it. It's full of problems, but I think, the entertaining elements uh pull through greater than the they're like oh, well this is a piece of shit like i don't think anyone's really walking away being like wow that was a huge dumpster fire i think it leaves a lot to be wanted but it also gives a lot you know what i mean it's like there's yeah. so much happening and so little at the same time it's it's kind of weird so it's sort of like it's a perfectly fine movie, you know, like if ever there was a movie in the rating scale, not fine plus that was that was 100 percent perfectly fine. That would be this movie for me. Yeah, it's like, you know, obviously Rotten Tomatoes has that certified fresh. You have certified fine, fine. which yeah, where is exactly. you saying not great, not bad to you. Bad was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because you walked out of that movie. Oh, I fucking hated that. movie. I, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, movies, you finished. Uh, from the, you know, whether it's this iteration of DC, but DC characters, is there one of those where it ended and you were like, that was awful. Awful? Yeah, just like flat That's out, like really you were saying, awful. this is fine, but a, a, a movie based on a DC property from, from really any era where you were like, you know, I mean, it could be Superman 4, but I think even that, it's like, I don't like watching Christopher Reeve fly around, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't... I think in the past I've been more of an apologist, but even the first time I saw the first suicide squad, I was like, it's still not the worst movie in the world. You know what I mean? Like there's still plenty of things to like about it. Um, Maybe Catwoman with Halle Berry. 
Yeah, I've <laughs> not seen that one. Doesn't really. And count. I'm going to bring in our friend John movie. Nolan because I can see him in the waiting room. He was nodding. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. Yeah, uh, at John Nolan of the uh, the Raging Rhino Pod at Raging Rhino Pod. Uh, you know, we were speaking before we started. Uh, Will was not surprised to hear that for the most part you liked this movie because he remembered that you saw Joss Whedon's Justice League seven times in the theater. So, but for you're you, never gonna let me live that down, are you? Is is the basement like you know the 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 floor of DC properties on screen? Is it Catwoman with Halle Berry? Uh, close. I would put that as the second worst. Ooh, what's the worst worst? Return of Swamp Thing. Absolutely oh, okay. the worst. Legit. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I actually only ever saw the first I would have Swamp thought. Thing. I only saw the first one also. Yeah. yeah. Rift Tracks just did a live show last month uh, of Ooh. that movie. Uh, and <laughs> it, it's, it's even worse than I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's even the only worse. way to watch it is if you have guys like them making fun of it as it goes along. And you still hate it, even while they're making fun of it. <laughs> yeah. <bad>. <laughs> Well, in any case, uh, you know, we're just sort of kind of going uh, going big. And, you know, our, our pal uh, Jeff Winstead's going to join us in a little bit when we start talking about some of the characters. Okay. So that'll include that'll be the part of this conversation where we're still talking about the movie, but we start to focus in on the side characters. That's when I want to bring Jeff in. But Jeff didn't see the movie. Uh, he only goes to movies when I, I think when I drag him there. He he drove to L.A. to see. um actually forget now when he'll he'll be able to remind me but uh i was in palm springs and i made him see endgame uh in the theater uh you know going back a few years but uh you know either either he sees them with me or he waits till he watches them at home so if there's anybody who misses the uh hbo max uh, you know day and date release schedule i think it's our pal jeff winston but to will's point about the movie if you go into a superhero movie starring the rock specifically starring the rock i don't know what you're expecting that this movie didn't deliver on yeah. you know it's just like it's 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 mostly fun you definitely things that don't work as well as they probably thought you know some of the side characters i'm like all right they're you know like um her brother who's singing baby come back i'm like man there's there's they could have they could have squeezed some funny into that character that they decided they didn't really need you know what I mean? It's like, it's a half-hearted attempt at a character we've seen before, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh man, if, if they could have found a middle Eastern Josh Gad, perhaps, you know, something like that. You don't um, think that's kind of what that guy, how he fit. I thought he was Josh funny. Gad's a lot funnier than that guy. <laughs> so, Josh Gad's not uh, middle Eastern. No, I know. I'm just saying like, so, you know, just his DNA. <laughs> uh, but in any case, uh, you know, and and Will and I saw it. We saw it in the IMAX. I appreciated seeing it in the IMAX because, uh, uh, you know, I mean, some of the sequences definitely looked really cool. Uh, and I, you know, look, I like some of these more more morally ambiguous characters. I like watching them throw people around. You know, there that was uh, some of the criticism of Zack Snyder's Man of Steel was like, man, Superman's just like killing people. He killed General Zod, and it's like, well, there's no doubt that uh, this guy's going to do that. Um, just sort of big picture stuff, John. What did you think of uh, Black Adam? I liked it. I um, I, I didn't love it. Uh, I thought it was it was a good movie. I thought. Um, so wait, does that mean you're only going to see it in the theater five times because you? Yes. Didn't... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think that uh, the character itself of Black Adam is uh, very stoic and humorless. So. In that respect, I think The Rock did a pretty damn good job of portraying him. Um, it, it's kind of tough to pull off that kind of character as the star of a movie. I mean, there's a reason why Drax has not had his standalone yet. You know? So Yeah, although in terms of wrestlers getting standalone, uh, John Cena was able to bring us Peacemaker. But you're right. Drax, Drax is a much more similar character to this. Yes. Because, you know, because he doesn't really get things you know and uh yeah a drax movie you know i i don't think would uh would work as as well as this does you know right exactly but yeah and, and um i liked um uh, i liked the justice society in this i liked that they kept it a small group you know then didn't get uh overcrowded because the justice society can you know at times it has as many as two dozen members in it um and for the most part i, I like the choices that they made 
Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll kind of get into uh, some of those characters. Uh, our pal Dominicus Saxon chimes in. Uh, he gives this a ninety percent because they accomplished what they wanted to for the most part, and it wasn't Morbius. I think that's important. Uh, any movie that isn't Morbius uh, immediately gets an automatic ten percent. I think <laughs> in terms of rating, uh, as soon as it's it's like, oh wait, this movie's not Morbius. Okay, great. So any movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So like and by Lady the way, Chatter at some point, lover. Will, you should watch that just to watch Matt Smith dance, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where like uh, like the Munsters where it's like forcing myself oof, for the sake of the podcast. But I'm like in a normal world, I'd be like, this is not good. It's a waste of my time. I'll turn it off. Fair. Uh, so maybe just let me know where that scene is and I'll just YouTube that scene. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's a YouTube uh, of that. Uh, and uh, Dominica Saxon chimes in uh, decent acting, good storyline, flowed the whole two hours. I enjoyed this one without knowing anything about Black Adam. And he goes again with the 90%. I uh, I didn't know anything about this character. I actually had to ask Will afterwards. I'm like, oh, so this is like, is that in the comics that he's a similar origin to Shazam? You're like, yep. I'm like, no idea, you know? <laughs> and uh, but it, it, it was not a problem to know nothing about this because this guy's been underground for 5,000 years, you know? Yeah. So it's fine. No You're worries. Just like everybody else. Yeah, in the exactly. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have uh, Dr. Fate precognition of the future. I also don't need to know the past either. And I think that's important because the rock has a built-in audience and the, if if like their friends started telling them, it was like, you know, the first like 20 minutes were super confusing because they're trying to explain how this relates to other DC movies that I didn't see. It's like, nah, you know? So I thought that, uh, you know, he did a good job. And Will, you talked about, about how there were things that weren't perfect. There was one little story point that I think is so easily fixed. And that was the fact that he automatically speaks english yeah with no he wakes up in that kid's room which i'm like okay this is gonna be crazy because he's gonna be like i don't know what you're saying you know and instead of you know giving us something oh wait i'm gonna use one of these powers that you didn't know i had and my ear is gonna flutter and then everything's gonna be fine or i don't know he's gonna speed read like the robot in short circuit that's right that's an old man reference i'm here for it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but john's here for it too so that helps um but instead, it was just like, nah, let's just go ahead and speak English. And yeah. I guess it would have slowed the movie down. I'm going to assume they must have addressed it at some point. But uh, what do you think, I, Will? I'm sure there's a version of a, of the script where that's written in there. And yeah. everyone was like, listen, we got to be honest with you. Or something. We only want to hear The Rock say the foreign words a couple of times because it doesn't sound authentic when he says them. Yeah. And also, he can't do an accent. So, like, let's just, you know what? He just wakes up and uh, he's fine. Yeah, like I could just like at yeah. a note session where someone's like, "All right, this is what it is." You know, but yeah, it's the Rock. It's exactly yeah. yeah. Man, look, we we're all smelling what he's cooking. I mean, let's just go. Like even the one guy not... in the room was like, "Yeah, okay, that's, that's fine." Yeah, even yeah, Will's guy who we always talk about in the back of the room. Even he was yeah. like, "It's not worth it." Yeah, yeah. Don't, we yeah. can smell what he's cooking. He doesn't have to show us the recipe. It's fine. You know what? Just. Just let them serve it out in big heaping bowls, steaming bowls of what The Rock is cooking. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I thought that uh, I think it's I think it's smart when superhero movies have kid characters that are, uh, you know, a big focus. Uh, that kid was not annoying, as sometimes happens in your movies, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he was good at skateboarding, but he wasn't, you know, a lot of times they give kids skills that maybe they shouldn't have you know what i mean it's just like (laughs) he wasn't also a computer hacker which is what seems to usually happen in like every movie well that was before i think social media so much where like kids were hackers until it became like a everybody's doing it on their phones like it's not cool anymore i (laughs) this is a random story but it makes me laugh when i think about every time because it's so sad originally in halloween 5 there was supposed to be a little boy character opposite the the little girl who was supposed to ride a BMX bike and he was supposed to be able to do tricks and some stunts and like he was gonna like ward off Michael Myers like with his bike in one sequence and they gave the kid a bike and he was trying to practice with the bike and then they shot some sequences and they cut out all of the BMX stuff because the kid was so bad at riding the bike (laughs) 
I can't imagine being that little kid getting to set and be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking impress everybody with all my tricks. Oh, you, and you're like, you, you think he might have told like tire skid and everyone's like, oh, fuck, we got to. Oh, this kid is uniquely bad at riding a bike. You, you think he might have told his friends about how awesome he was going to be in that movie? <laughs> I'm sure he did. What? What yeah. BMX skills? He like brought his best friend to the premiere, and it was like, I thought you were in the movie. And yeah. yeah, so did, so did I, Johnny. So did I. <laughs> but uh, what are your thoughts, uh, uh, John, in terms of you know the world building and you know some of the the additional characters, which because he was a guy underground for 5,000 years and just in a different, you know, state of consciousness, really, they were a little bit more important than they are in some movies. Not entirely dissimilar than Thor though. You know I mean? He's like completely fish out of water, but you know, I think a a different approach to that. What did you think about, you know, sort of the, the, you know, black Adam being in the real world and interacting with humans? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, That, that whole fish out of water, just like you said, that, that, uh, it works well for the character. I also like, you know, talking about world building. I like the fact that it really didn't dawn on me until, you know, a day or so after I watched the movie that pretty much with the exception of maybe one scene, the entire movie is set in Kondok. You know, so it's a nice little oh, isolated yeah. area. Uh, so you can you can do things with that that you can't do with the rest of the DCEU. You can, you can you know, create your own little microcosm of, of characters and, and interactions with each other. And that actually kind of benefits this character because he is by nature in the comics and in this movie, an isolationist. Uh, so that, that helps with his style. Um, and as far as the, uh, the side characters go, um, <laughs> I didn't even think about the, uh, um, the brother in the van and, and, you know, singing along to uh, what was yeah. the baby come back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the um, I, I did. I did like the, um, the the additional characters. I think um, if they go by the comics, that the that those uh, the the uh, um, the kid on the skateboard, Amon, and oh gosh, what was the lady's name? Oh, the the lead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, um, but if if it's anything like the comics, then there there's going to be you know bigger plans for for them. Um, you know, possibly uh, creating a uh, Black Adams family the same way. They uh, have the Shazam family, right? Yeah, I mean that makes sense, and uh, of course, uh, I think that uh, you know properties like this don't get made without uh, factoring in the uh, the potential for sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, we refer back to the movie. There's specifics as to how they unfold in the movie, but I do want to bring our pal Jeff Winstead in. Uh, because uh, we're going to talk about some of these additional characters. Ah, And Jeff, in addition to creating his own comic book, The Alternate, he is also the author of The Last Battle of the Revolution, which is uh, available on Amazon. That's where I got it. I didn't ask for a freebie. I bought it. (laughs) And uh, Jeff, welcome back to the Blackcast. Great to have you. Hey, nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, remember to lean into that mic that we talked about earlier. You, You sound like... Uh, you sound like you're in Palm Springs. That's how far away you sound. We'll get it working. Okay, <laughs> no worries. Um, so uh, we'll, uh, you know, uh, Jeff, I wanted to talk to you as we start to go through these Justice Society characters that are in this film. And I think that, uh, look, I think Black Adam is an interesting character. I think The Rock does a good job with it. But in some ways, I felt like the Justice Society stole this movie, specifically Dr. Fate. I know, Will, you and I talked a little bit after the movie. Give us your thoughts on on sort of, you know, we'll go, let's go through the characters that we got and what you thought about them, and then we'll bring Jeff in for some thoughts. Oh, um, yeah. I Dr. Fate's a character I never anticipated or expected to see in, like, a movie of this size, maybe, you know, a CW show or something. So it was really cool to see him done. Pretty much perfectly. I mean, in terms of the visuals, his costume, Christian, we didn't even talk about the whole Ankh symbol. We had a Vinnie Vincent connection there. I didn't Uh, even think about it. I know. He was originally, Dr. Fate was a member of Kiss for a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Pierce Brosnan is great casting for that. And he definitely captures the like golden age vibe of that because he's also kind of an old man. Like, I've always wanted to see an old man Justice Society movie where everybody's like John Wesley Shipp as, you know, age. Uh, playing those characters because that's kind of how they've been drawn since they got incorporated into to the universe. So 
uh would love to see like wildcat and some other of those like traditional characters but um it was fun like yeah same kind of thing besides television like Adam Smasher, Cyclone and Hawkman were people I didn't really anticipate seeing in movies I thought Hawkman was a little over the top I don't know why he's so rich like it was just like hey we couldn't get Batman so here's this guy and then he has an X1 jet apparently like there's just some little things about the Hawkman where he he that character in particular was written pretty flat and it's like that actor did a good job with a flat character, but like there were no dimensions or emotions. He was just very much like a team leader, tough right. guy, Hawkman. Yeah. Yeah. Did they do the the uh, reincarnation stuff at all? No, they didn't get into it. So, okay, because that could harder. at least explain how he was so wealthy. I guess like yeah. over time and, he had built up this and vast the, fortune. Uh, the actor's name is Aldous Hodge. Yes. Uh, Ivan Soto liked him. I thought that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a fun characterization. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's like he is a, a Bruce Wayne, Tony Stark type. That uh, if that doesn't fit in with the character, then I can agree with you and wondering on that. Um, before I ask uh, what you think, Jeff, about you know sort of these characters, uh, John, because you saw them on the movie in this movie, mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of let you go first in terms of getting to actually see and how you felt they were represented on the screen in Black Adam. Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I like all of the Justice Society characters. Um, yeah, Hawkman, he, while being a little one-dimensional, he was still kind of that typical alpha male team leader, you know, trying to get everybody in line and do what he says. Uh, he, he did have a couple of funny moments, especially when Adam Smasher was kind of screwing up. It's like, okay, you, know, you and me, we're going to have a talk. Yeah. That was, that was you know, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't overdo that too much. Uh, of course, Dr. Fate, uh, that's one of those characters that I've always kind of uh, really enjoyed over the years. He's had some some great uh, stories uh, in the comics. And also, if you watch the Young Justice uh, 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 cartoon on HBO Max, he's he's got some great stories there as well. Uh, and, you know, Pierce Brosnan, I mean, he was just just spot on perfect. I love the, the whole nonchalance while... Uh, Hawkman and, and Black Adam are fighting in the apartment. He's just sitting back. He's like, I, I know when to go into a fight. I know when to stay out of it. Um, I'm basically saying this for the joke because it made me laugh in my head. Uh, to yeah. I, I think Pierce Brosnan was so good as Dr. Fate. He made Benedict Cumberbatch look like Timothy Dalton. But anyway, I just want to, <laughs> I don't even think I really think that. I just wanted to say it. Uh, you see, at least with Dr. Fate, you know why he's Dr. Fate. You still don't know why, why is he so, why is so he so fake? fate? You don't know why, why is he so fake? Yeah, no, well, you know yeah, why wait, he's we know because he sees. Yeah, it's true. He knows. He knows the fate. Um, any any other thoughts on that, uh, John? Um, I think uh, Cyclone was a, was a, an interesting choice, uh, a, a relatively new character uh, to the DC uh, comic books, much less the universe. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just kind of wish they could have used her a little bit more. They you know, kind of touted her genius IQ at the beginning of the movie. It would have been nice to kind of examine that a little bit more during the film. Um, but as far as Adam Smasher is, is one of those that I've loved a long time since ever since uh, he was in Infinity Incorporated as Nuclon uh, with the Mohawk and everything. Uh, Todd McFarlane drawing him. Was I was great. just going to say what that the one thing I know about Infinity Inc. is that uh, Todd McFarlane drew that. So I've mm -hmm. seen some of those images just, you know, yeah. just from a, a Google share. And yeah. that's like pre Spidey uh, Todd McFarlane. So like mm -hmm. his, exactly. Yeah. Just his just style is like is a little bit more reined in back then, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and I think like, the reason what though, if the webs go everywhere? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> what yeah. if he can bend in ways that a human body could yeah. never bend? What if he, what if he, what if Peter Parker would snap in half if he jumped off a building? <laughs> what that if he way? could bend in the fourth dimension? Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, John. No, no, that's thought. all right. That's all right. Uh, but um, I think the reason why he's included in the movie is because in the comic books, he and Black Adam have a very interesting storyline when um, he uh, Adam Smasher kind of comes to see you know, why Black Adam does what he does because he himself does the same thing. So, so I don't want to, don't want to spoil it for anybody, but yeah. no, I mean, well, and then there's like the big spoiler we have to talk about, but uh, let's focus on this for a bit. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, the rock was going around spoiling that when he was doing press for the movie. So it's, it's not that much of a secret. Um, but Jeff hearing about these characters on there, 
does it make you more excited for the movie to know that you're going to, I mean, obviously it's in the advertising for it, but to hear us talk about Dr. Fate and Hawkman, are you more excited about those or equally as excited to see Black Adam on the big screen, Jeff? No, the only thing that would have gotten me into the theater almost did was Brosnan. Was knowing because right. as soon as he was cast, I thought, oh, this is this is genius casting. It looks good. I mean, it's just, it's a it's a yep. cool way to go. McFarlane, by the way, only got that job on Infinity Inc. because the guy that they had hired died. Oh my gosh! Uh, ha- halfway into drawing one of the issues, Don Newton, um, oh. and so they just had to bring McFarlane in quickly to take over. And so he got oh. to do about I don't know what did, what did he do about six issues, John or so. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like how George Perez got the Justice League gig. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, Dick Dillon. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Jeff Winstead is of course a human. I did, you know, human (laughs) footnote. So uh, always getting uh, information like that. So the yeah, and and I will say, not knowing, I've seen that. I've seen the character Doctor Fate. I you know, read Crisis thanks to you and things like that. I've seen him. I've seen him in action. I didn't know what to expect, but man, everything they had him do visually looked great. It was like really, you know, it's like a kind of kind of want a Doctor Fate movie, but uh, I guess we shouldn't get too attached to him because he knows his own fate. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they differentiated that uh, visually from Doctor Strange because I thought that was going to be a tro- a problem they were going to run into. Is how do they introduce their own magic guy without having it just seem like a knockoff of a guy who was a derivative character in the first place? <laughs> it's right. So funny yeah. With all these characters like like Thanos and stuff. Or they're yeah. all derivative of DC, but they just got it first in the movies. So everyone's like, was it just a Dr. F- oh, was it Darkseid? Was it a Thanos? I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they're getting him back with Namor, <laughs> who does who does predate Aquaman by, I think, a couple of years, right? And so, Oh, that's right. The, yeah, yeah. The, but other than that, but, yeah. Right, but the so, characterization of Namor, it's always like, oh, yeah, so it's basically, you know, Aquaman. You know? Even yeah, lamer right. Aquaman. Now Aquaman's cool because they got Jason Momoa to do it. He was always made fun of, but like Namor still looks dumb. Don't you know that he has sex with fish, though? So does that change your... <laughs> they both do. Yeah, it's okay. It made me It made me like him more, in all honesty. <laughs> um, love is love. What, what about uh, Hawkman? Uh, are you concerned kind of hearing Will's criticism of how he's portrayed on screen? Jeff? Uh, not really. I mean, that was a weird one anyway. The The character looks great. Like, the costume looks really cool. They changed the color scheme some. Um, but DC even has had a hard time with that character for ever since Crisis, actually. They they tried to reconcile various... There's the Golden Age version, which is the version that is on the screen here. And then they had done a version in the, in the 60s where he and his wife are space cops. Mm-hmm. So it's a same character name, completely different origin, um, uh, which is my favorite version of the character. And so they've been trying to fix that for, you know, 30 plus years now. So wow. it really doesn't matter. They can do whatever they want to the movie. It's almost like a blank. It's so convoluted. It's almost a blank slate. Yeah. Um, and uh, so. Jeff, you and I were talking before we got started. And Adam Smasher seems like another one of those ones where uh, Ant-Man Giant Man is the character that came second. <laughs> but of course, people are going to see Adam Smasher and be like, oh, OK, so Ant-Man. Right. And so Adam Smasher himself is a legacy character for the Adam, the golden age version of the Adam, though, not the one from the silver. DC's weird with you know how they had different continuity. They basically, uh, when the 60s hit, all the characters got uh, science fiction origins because that was mm-hmm. the soup de jour of the day and just took the same names just rebranded the characters and you know they have to reconcile that. But yeah, so Adam Smasher, like he's actually a newer character from you know 80 was 84 or so mm-hmm. um but uh, uh this character but, his his uncle had been adam smasher and yeah I, i'm i'm anybody, actually blanking okay. on adam i'm blanking gotcha. on the cameo uh as to who yeah do you want to spoil it oh, i don't know if jeff yeah, yeah. wanted it oh cool oh, no no that's cool that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, I was like, I'm like, I know it's really good, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's only like Professor, two... Professor Cousineau as a, That's as right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's only like a two second shot of him on a cell phone going like, "Great job!" And then, that's <laughs> yeah, I would and, like to see the. I would like to see the line in the budget of what Henry Winkler got paid to basically, you know, be on Facetime for you know four just minutes. Just send a cell phone video to Funny. production. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And John's right. That storyline in the comics um, that has him. Uh, uh, sort of understanding Black Adam's way of thinking is uh, is one of the better uh, Black Adam stories, and actually DC just republished that 
okay. uh, as a tie-in to this uh, movie with a with a fancy rock photo cover. Oh, yeah, yeah so, actually, that's uh, one of those things that uh, for some of you know that I do a show for the Geekscape Network called the Geekscape Book Club. And uh, our November entry is going to be this uh, Black Adam Dark Age. But look who's on the cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they go ahead and it's like hey, we might sell a couple more if we throw the rock on it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've uh, never read any black adam stories uh i i don't know i assume he was in crisis but honestly i don't remember because so many Briefly. people were in crisis yeah yeah, yeah. So. that's exactly right. he shows up the background and he um he's a golden age character but he only had one golden age appearance yep and oh, dc when yeah, dc was it jerry ordway who resurrected him no he was um yes and no so he was first resurrected in the shazam comic when dc started publishing that themselves um okay. after they they sued fawcett comics out of existence they took ownership of all the characters and they brought him back for an issue of that. And then they brought him back um, for a DC comics presents, which was a team up uh, one issue thing with Superman and Shazam or Captain Marvel at the time. And then after crisis, they did a, a they a one failed reboot of uh, Shazam where he was the main villain before she miniseries called Shazam, a new beginning. Okay. That was, um, I think it was John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake. Oh wow! Um, did that. And it's, that's pretty good, but that didn't really stick. I mean, it stuck. It stuck a bit um, through the, the the when they introduced Captain Marvel in the Justice League, mm -hmm. the the J M DeMatteis and Keith Giffen right. Justice League. But yeah, Jerry Ordway then um, a, a bit later, I guess was at mid '90s, did yeah. Power of Shazam, oh, a graphic novel, and that's sort of the definitive. That's the one that stuck at least until the New Fifty Two, the definitive origin of. Um, Black Adam and tying him into the Shazam, um, you know, the, the whole back, like making it an integrated backstory. That essentially would have been a good movie in and of itself. Like you could just take that graphic novel and make a movie with both characters, which I'm a little surprised they didn't do the yeah. first time out instead of well, doing separate I'm glad separate you made that stories. point, Jeff, because I wanted to ask both Will and John, are you disappointed that there wasn't any tie-in with Shazam? Yes. Uh, you know, because of the, the fact that, uh, you know, the, obviously their origin is essentially the same they're very similar characters in that sense and who said yes did will did you say yes or john, john said yes yeah. go ahead john i i would um have really appreciated if he had been in that uh, mid-credits scene um either replacing or accompanying the person who was there should we just go ahead and spoil it if it's not already out there yeah do you know do you know the 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 mid-credit scene jeff in this movie the the rock was uh putting it out there a lot and oh yeah can... I, it was everywhere and yeah I, he, yeah he totally telegraphed okay. so, it i think yeah, yeah you wanted people to go see the movie obviously so he yeah. wanted to you make sure you, well yeah and, wink, and I, wink. we talked about it last week on on blackcast without me wanting to spoil it is I get it in that way of like it, it could actually convince people to actually go see it, but it's also like, oh man, that's so cool if you don't have any idea. And this is our, our last chance for people avoiding spoilers. Uh, but yeah, so Superman's there, and that scene apparently uh was shot without Henry Cavill in it, it was possibly not going to be used. You know, there were there's a lot to it, and he shot his part of it like in September. So like, you know, last month, uh, somewhere in, in England, uh, so he was working on something else. So, you know, it, it was like, the, it, it could have been like the Shazam uh, sort of end credits thing, you know, yeah. where you just see him from the neck up, which I think if they went to that well, two times, people would be annoyed. And I would say, just don't put him in there. So if it had been Shazam at the end of it, it might've made more sense, but I think people would have also been not as excited. Is that, is that, do you think that's fair, John? Yes, I, I, I think so. I, I, I think that um, ideally you have um, Superman seeing his line with Shazam standing behind him because, of course, Shazam is still you know, the kid you yeah. know, at heart and they can be the inexperienced one. So you kind of have both of them together. I think that would have been the, the best way to go about it. But that's just me. Would you like to have seen Shazam in this, Will? Uh, maybe a little bit. I didn't feel it missing during the movie. Sure. I actually thought that they, you did a lot more Shazam related stuff than I imagined that they would do because we've already kind of had that. And it's like, you see that trailer right before the movie that like, it's not a hundred percent necessary also because most of the action takes place over the course of like two days. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, 
there could be some kind of like little thing that they could have teased at, which they did in Shazam actually saying like the one seat or whatever, the, the seventh person was missing, the eighth person, or whoever, right. you know, like Shaz- like Black Adam being that, that additional character. Uh, and so maybe in Shazam 2, they'll, they'll kind of get more into it now that this is released. But I don't know. They shook up their release schedule. I think that was supposed to come first. So it was, yeah. Who fucking knows? Uh, yeah. Shazam 2, Book of Shadows. Book of so Shadows. It's yeah, important yeah. to stick with that. Uh, we'll also accept Electric Boogaloo. Uh, in terms of the characterization, or we got... Bridget Shazam's uh, baby. <laughs> no, that's... that's uh, you know, Yeah, that's right. It is uh, Bridget Shazam's diary. Yeah. No, baby. Uh, in terms of the characterization we got of Black Adam, Will, do you think that they got the tone right? Jeff, did you want to chime in on something we were talking about? I, I thought you might have been signaling for... Oh, not... Well, yes, um, didn't they also pull the um, the Superman's in shadow at the end of Peacemaker too, where they didn't show Henry Cavill? It was just like they it was a Superman, they didn't but it was like the three. They, they the only showed Flash right. and Aquaman, and they weren't they were even sure that they were going to yeah. get the two of them. They thought that right. they weren't going to get any of them. Actually, they were prepared yeah. for that, and then they were just happy with what they got. You know, which yeah. was a very funny. Moment. Did you watch Peacemaker, Jeff? Um, I watched about half of it before my HBO Ma- uh, Max oh. subscription yep. ran out, but <laughs> you know, I got the idea. Yeah, I got it. He's, buff, he's making he's making peace with guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Will, do you feel like, in terms of the characterization, obviously, he points out in this movie he's not a hero. He talks uh-huh. about his moral code. Do you think that they did a good job walking that line in this telling of Black Adam? Will no. Uh, okay. I think it, it's entertaining, but as soon as they cast The Rock as the main character of Black Adam, I'm like, great. Well, he's not going to be the Black Adam that uh, he's supposed to be. I mean, at least in terms of the 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 repre- the um the way that he's been portrayed in the comics, I read because Jeff Johns and they kind of brought him back around as a big character in the in like the early 2000s, and he kind of had some staying power throughout those different crises going on, but. Uh, he was always uh, kind of like a psychotic uh, dictator who was like a superpowered, crazy dictator. And uh, maybe this character can go off down that path. But as soon as The Rock was like, I want to be Black Adam, I was like, okay, but then we have to do that thing where you're a villain, but you're really not a villain because at the end you kind of have to be a hero because it's your movie and you got to... Like, you could just see that writing on the wall and it was exactly like beat for beat one, that movie. And I was like, it's fine. I'm not pissed at it. It's just... Black Adam's a, a, a evil motherfucker and like not he is not a good guy. Maybe he's like begrudgingly helped some people here and there, but at least as I've come to know him is like it, he's a th- big threat, but he's not he's not really on anyone's side but his own. And he's horrible to his own country. But that's right. Not, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and I think that the, the idea of having the rock as a character, having it be a big movie like this, they probably wanted to soften him a little. You know, obviously we're setting up possibly you know a a superman versus uh black adam movie where they'll probably fight for eight minutes and then they'll team up against a common enemy and remember it is exactly eight minutes in batman versus superman that they actually fight <laughs> well the good team up would be shazam and superman versus black adam that's a pretty legendary mm-hmm. fight that would, that would be, be cool great yeah yeah but of um, course there would be some extra DC movie villain where it's like actually there's a devil at the end of this or this at the end of Wonder Woman even though it's emotionally thematically completely tied up here's so, a 20 minute somebody pulls there. off their face and it's yeah. Tom Cruise oh, as, he, as Ethan villain. Hunt from the Mission Impossible franchise I'm yeah, like what Tom Cruise all his own stunts he turned himself into a monster just to <laughs> what do you think that's the final John... stage of Scientology he's going, <laughs> yeah. he's going fully clear in this movie yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's a uh, Thetan level 12 Yes, yeah, that's right. what that means. Uh, John, what did you think? Uh, do you agree with Will's assessment uh, that uh, you wanted a different characterization, or did it work more for you, uh, Black Adam, in this film? No, he, he's definitely right about how Black Adam really is at heart a, an asshole um, and uh, can be very, very cruel. Um, but yeah, like, like Will said, when you see The Rock is the star and You've got to have a guy that at least seems redeemable. You and, and I, I think also movie-going audiences want that, regardless, especially in a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's kind of the way it's it's going to be, whether we like it or not. 
unless he's the villain of a movie you know right, like right. I, if but when he's the main character i'm like well, yeah fuck, now if, you can't really like be the villain later this is yeah okay. exactly if he if he is if he's the titular hero then yeah, that's the way it's going to be right uh dominica saxon says i'm glad he killed people it fits their version of the character with a lot of unresolved rage uh against oppressors Dominicus, uh, sorry, uh, Ivan Soto asks, isn't Black Adam an anti-hero? From what you guys are saying, you know, he's talking about in the comics. Uh, I he's feel not like, like he's... a Punisher kind of person. He's... Right. That's an anti-hero. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. In his uh... mind, sometimes he is, but not right. the actual actions. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, Jeff, as we, as you hear uh, Will and John talk about this in terms of, you know, what the they saw on screen, uh, having not seen the movie, ideally... How would you think that this character should behave on screen? And does it sound like you don't get that in this film? Uh, yeah, uh, like as ideally, I probably would have done a the first movie just be both characters, uh, Captain Marvel slash Shazam and Black Adam together, so you could play them off against each other. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, he's uh, it, it. It you have to take you know you, you're only getting a Black Adam movie because The Rock did it. I mean, it's a bizarre right. character to give a movie to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if he, if if Dwayne Johnson didn't feel that he looked like the character anyway, we we would not have gotten this movie. So I guess you know, I'd rather have the well, movie than not. I mean, obviously he looks like the character. Look, he's of on course, the yeah. <laughs> right, Me right. and my uh, my Boom. buddy Kelly want to start a riot of hashtag release the pixie ears cut because the one thing he's missing yeah. is his little exactly his mm-hmm. little his little fairy ears. Yeah, oh, yeah. could have done it. Uh, and he could have he could have done the you know receiving yeah, airline really, yeah, really yeah, really intense yeah. yeah yeah yes is, yeah. is that that's a great question though uh it, it made me think uh well i'm about to ask a great question i guess is what i'm really trying to say thank me uh jeff are is this one of the more surprising characters to find out like oh they made it you know specifically keeping it to dc like oh were, was this one of the more surprising ones to find out that they were doing Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, to get a Black Adam movie before getting, you know, well, before a solo Flash movie comes out, before a, a reboot of Green Lantern comes yeah. out, I mean, that's yeah, it's absurd. Uh, but you know, take what you can get. I mean, it's uh, it's it's interesting. You you can understand Marvel going deep into the bench because they've already played out so many of the A listers. Well, but. and Marvel had the the misfortune slash good financial fortune to have sold off their most famous characters before they decided like hey what right. if we made movies uh oh wait we don't have uh so i guess wait a minute our a-list is iron man really yeah we're gonna start with iron man yeah. so yeah. when you start with iron man and robert downey jr that's different that's a great point yeah, yeah i think that's that that's how you make up for it you know i mean dc being you know owned by warner brothers they always had Superman and Batman to start with. Uh, but uh, yeah. So what about you, uh, Jeff? Uh, sorry, I just talked to Jeff. John. Uh, yes. Jeff Johns. Wait. What did I just oh, do? Oh. <laughs> or John Jeffs. Uh, John, what did you, uh, are, were you particularly surprised or is there a character that uh, that you've gotten where you've already been like beyond surprised that they were like, wow, they either uh, as a lead or featured in a movie? Not really. Oh, like I have a, a cameo whole list of movies that I was surprised ever made it into the to the big screen. In fact, uh, number one on that list is the the first Shazam movie at the um, um, the post credit scene with Mister Mind, the little oh, yeah. worm creature. Oh That's yeah, number one. I never thought that would ever it, make it. Is that going to yeah. be in Shazam? God, I too? hope so. I maybe I think they're going to probably continue to string that character along until yeah. they can really yeah. figure out how to do it because right. The whoever the villains are, not it's Mr. the Fox. Furies, the the Greek Furies in yeah. the um, in the next movie. But I mean, they they kind of teased a Savannah Mister Mind team up, and I love Mark Strong. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just anything he does, I want to watch it. So I would love to see him back. And even if he's playing sidekick to a freaking worm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I want. Was- I want to like, see that in the movie. The one big redeemable piece of Green Lantern as Sinestro. He did a great yeah. job. Yes. And he looked great, yeah. too. I was like, oh, we got this one thing perfectly right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, don't get me started on that. I can not, like, <laughs> not a fan of Mark Strong. Christopher Eccleston. I read a quote from him just the other day. They worked what? on something and they were like, oh, we weren't supposed to like each other uh, on the show or movie. So it worked out that I didn't like him. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But he's like, he's like, ah, but his performance was great. You know, he tried to soften it a little bit. Okay. Um, I disagree with this comment from Dominica Saxon. Uh, DC needs to figure out what the audience, audience wants before they bury themselves. I think they need to figure out what they want as in a, you know, and I do want to actually talk about, uh, oh, yeah, big you know, news. about the big news that they made. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, do any, do any of the three of you feel like they should be, look, I think it's important to listen to your audience mm -hmm. and consider it, you know, have it be part of the decision-making, but I don't think you should, you know, react by I don't know replacing Zack Snyder with um, Joss, Whedon. Joss Whedon. Yeah, uh, yeah. We said his name earlier, <laughs> but uh, yeah, worked. Joss Whedon. It you know, I think. Time. Yeah, no, and I think it's you know there's uh, yeah. So I I think that uh, they shouldn't really put too much weight on what is perceived that uh, the audience wants. What do you think, John? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like like you said, you do want to take the audience into account, but at the same time, the greatest stories are going to come from when you take it to a place where people aren't expecting. Mm -hmm. When yeah. you challenge them mentally and, and, and creatively, that that's that's where you're going to get your your great stories. And and people might not like it at first, but once they kind of you know take it in and think about it, they realize, wow, this is this is really good. I mean, if you, you know, talking about Superman, one of my favorite stories, and I think it's you know, a lot of people's favorite, is Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman series, mm -hmm. which goes off into all kinds of crazy ideas, but it is so fantastic, you, you, just, you, you just have to absorb it in. Now, I'm not saying that you can do that cinematically, but if you can at least just take it into a place where nobody's expecting and challenge them with it, I, I think people will go along if they love the characters enough. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Will, in terms of, uh, you know, listening to uh, it's, the, the fans and providing fan service? It's like a bit of both because this movie really only exists, obviously, because of The Rock. And th that's The Rock's approach. He's constantly going like, we deliver for the fans. Like, we want. And it always shows because he makes the same movie over and over and over again. So, like, it, it, I understand, like, I can't fault the guy for striking while the iron's hot, but like, skyscraper, you know, it's like, okay. But he's like, with fans, rampage, you know, like, it's just, okay, all right, cool. Um, <laughs> and this is like kind of still in the same mold where he has the executive producer power and the star power for when people are like, what if we try to like make it a little deeper, a little bit better as a script? He'd be like, but the fans want to see X, you know, like they need this action. They need these beats and he gets to make those shots. And so like my fear is I just have a little too much sway in the future because I'm like, that man can't be in charge of creating stories. But I do think audiences have gotten spoiled in that content is often now in some ways like the rise of skywalker kind of approach like catered to them apologetically like we're so sorry we fucked up with the last one like we're good and it's like just own it god people are gonna see the star wars movie anyway you know like don't go back on everything like well, actually this is what it is because we don't we couldn't bear to hurt people's little feelings like there are times where even for me as a fan i'm like fuck fans god they ruin things sometimes they just get you know like Sometimes it's nice to go into something and just have your expectations be yeah. some it's, surprise, you know, and like not know as opposed to like it should be this. Otherwise, it's fucking bullshit. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's like they say in Clerks, this job would be great if it weren't for the fucking customers. Right, you know? exactly. It's like and if we so, could just make these movies and, you know, people buy them, buy tickets, but, you know, they don't yeah. tell us what they, they just just give us money I think, and then it's fine. And I think that's why I'm always going to be this apologist for Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman because the studio and the storytellers were like, we're just going to do a fucking crazy version of these. Like, especially with yeah. Batman vs Superman, like we're going deeply internal with these characters and we're deconstructing them. We're not going to give you the Batman Superman movie you think you you wanted. And they did not. And people were like, boo. And it's like, eh. I actually don't think structurally it's a garbage movie. It's just not the movie people wanted. And I think it has merit for that reason because there's also like if I want to feel the the joy of Superman, like I'm gonna watch Superman one or two with Christopher Reeve. It's still there. 
it's not in the sun it didn't get burned up like my child no <laughs> one's childhood is destroyed like the good and the bad can exist simultaneously and taking risks i think sometimes has more value so i i like to think that with this big new announcement and the people in charge um that comes with a lot of fan trust and then as yeah. an extension they'll trust the risks that he wants to take because you know the, his kind of movies and the characters that he's introduced to audiences has been left turns and have been consistently well received so i think people will be like yeah he can kind of do whatever he wants yeah uh before we f- spend our last few minutes talking about uh the big uh dc studios announcement uh jeff i want to ask you the same question sort of uh in terms of what you have seen in terms of content they've provided do you think that uh, listening to the audience is more important than uh, they've made it seem, or maybe they've put the right amount of importance on it thus far? Yeah, it's an old cliche, but the the trick is to give the audience what they don't know they want. Yeah. And so you yeah. want to do something clever that they're not expecting, but you want them to say, this is not what I expected at all, but I fucking loved it. Mm. Yep. And I think that's always the trick. And people forget, like talking about Robert Denny Jr., half of the people thought that was terrible casting. Right. Wow. Until they saw the movie, yeah, and they they you know? didn't they they couldn't get an insurance policy on him, so right bad for well, yeah, that reason that, too. There's that that too, that too. <laughs> yeah, um, Gail, uh, I remember Gail Gadot get getting uh, some blow. She's too skinny. She's not muscly enough. Right. And now yeah. everybody acts like they loved her from the outset. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's there are ways to do it where this is exactly what we expected, but it really works out. But yeah, that's yeah. always the trick is knowing what that magic is. Like Peacemaker, probably we, we seem to be a huge hit. Right. But there were no expectations for it, which yeah. probably right. helped. Exactly. And interestingly, so. that uh, huge hit uh, ties into what I wanted to uh, sort of wind things down with. This uh, announcement uh, just yesterday on uh, the 25th of October, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to lead film, TV, and animation division division for uh, for DC Studios. And I think it's significant that film, TV, and animation, because, uh, you know, those really can complement each other if you don't have it, you know, rigidly separated. And uh, James Gunn in the day since this, you know, he responded to somebody who said, uh, too bad, too bad you're not going to be directing movies anymore. And he says that this doesn't mean that. So that was my concern was that he wouldn't uh, direct more movies. I also think it's very funny that uh, this never would have happened if the uh, Twitter mob hadn't, uh, chased James Gunn away <laughs> from Guardians Volume Isn't it 3. funny? Yeah, it actually really is because of all that. Yeah, it, 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 like he probably would have kept doing stuff for Marvel. And uh, someone on Twitter that I don't know, but uh, someone had commented on it, they go by uh, <laughs> Bean Walrus. They're, I don't know. And Bean they said, uh, Kevin Feige accidentally creating his own arch nemesis is such a beautiful comic book arc. Oh no, I accidentally dropped a trauma director in a radioactive vat of IP. Uh, so I wanted to give him credit for that because that's not my idea. It's that's funny. funny. Yeah. 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 So this idea that, uh, you know, basically, you know, he's, he's sharing it, but I think it's important that he's sharing it because he's still going to direct to me. I think this is a, this is a great choice going forward. You went with Zack Snyder mixed results. Let's yeah. just say the majority of people weren't happy this i think critically people are happier uh and i appreciate his work uh will i know that uh at least one guardians movie you didn't like but uh so that's why i'm going to start with you do you (laughs) think that this is good news that uh he is at least a co-head of what dc does going forward yeah absolutely i mean i think the passion for those characters is there i mean you don't get the suicide squad with all i mean we think we think seeing the justice society in uh black adam is like wow i never thought i'd see dr fate like no one ever thought they were going to see like the weasel and fucking some of those really obscure suicide squad characters most of whom yeah, died whoever whoever that rat girl is you know i assume rat catcher that, two not the first catcher one two. the second one yeah, yeah. um I think they were this close to Condiment Man, but they got Polka Dot Man instead, and like it was a hugely important character. Like, yeah, so Polka that Dot guy Man was actually really important. Yeah, <laughs> and David Dustmelshian was great, and so like that guy has the keys to the kingdom in terms of being like, hey, I want to do fucking whatever I want, and they were basically like, okay, and they're like, oh, it turned out great. So it's like, and, wait, so I can I can allude that uh, that Aquaman fucks fish? Yeah, whatever. Right. And the Peacemaker show, and I remember reading with James, from James Gunn, they're like, what movie are you going to do next? Are you going to do like a, 
more DC movies. And he was like, I had a lot of fun doing television because he wrote all the episodes of that show. So I think his brain is like now uniquely primed for serialized storytelling, which is comic book movies and comic books in general. So like that kind of oversight, uh, I think is going to be is going to be good. And he's funny. So um, it's always going to be a little humor, which goes a long way. And I I feel like he's knowledgeable. And I think it's the kind of person who as opposed to what's been happening with DC stuff in the past, it'd be a huge misstep. And then the whole company would be like, we got to shut it down, left turn, like overcorrect. It's like, no, just stay the course. And if something is less popular than another thing or one thing bombs, like just fucking pursue your goddamn plan. Stop trying to, this ship is just like going in circles. And now the flashpoint story in the movie is probably going to be a moot point. So yeah, who knows? Well, yeah, I think cooler heads are starting to prevail in that it's like, no, the problem wasn't that Henry Cavill was Superman. Let's not do away with that. I, you know, he he got one standalone movie, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so I, and I think it's like, yeah, the you know the the dark Batman stuff. That's that's different. Like let's let's have uh, Affleck or some iteration of that. Jeff, what do you think when you hear this news that uh, that James Gunn is going to, you know, really be one of two people in charge of the the you know the uniform vision for this well not this franchise but this universe? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy for the change and I'm optimistic. Although I almost wish I could take a combination of Snyder and Gunn. Like, sure, you know, I'm I'm concerned that all the movies are going to be super jokey until there's a, like a very saccharine sweet moment at the end where oh they're all very sweet characters you know after all mm-hmm. I they, they say fuck all the time so yeah <laughs> and I, I, they will so yeah. but it doesn't always have to be serious as a heart attack the way Snyder's movies were so yeah. maybe some combination of that and I I suspect Gunn's got enough sense that he'll find that middle ground depending on the material like every movie can't be you know, Green Lantern shouldn't be a seri- uh, Suicide Squad movie shouldn't be that tone. Right. Right. Um, if we ever get to a new Green Lantern, or maybe they're bringing well, Ryan Reynolds be- back now that they seem to be <laughs> well, bringing the, everybody else back. Yeah. Well, the, the Green Lantern series, I guess they just announced actually earlier today that it's going to focus right. on John Stewart and not uh, Hal Jordan, which uh, leaves the door open for Ryan Reynolds. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or me as Guy Gardner. Come on, I'm still waiting for my fucking part he's, to be cast. He's, he's the one. Right, he's I, the I, one that's you, a jerk, you right? Kyle Rayner, man. <laughs> oh, Kyle Rayner, that's right. We've talked that's about right. Guy yeah, Gardner's the one who gets punched in the face, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Big boots I, gets punched in the face. He's kind of yeah. my favorite. So Silly yeah, I'd like to he's see awesome. That. Yeah. What do you right. think, uh, John, in terms of uh, James Gunn? You know, do do you have uh, sir? And and let's uh, talk about uh, the fact for our visual audience that you're joined by. Uh, uh, by a feline friend, one of All the of stars us. of the bonus episode of Sandman on uh, on, on yes. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, this is Oliver. He's the asshole of the group, uh, but uh, obviously he's uh, he's lovable too. Anyway, um, I actually have to kind of echo exactly what Jeff said. I, I mean, I would love the, a little bit of Zack Snyder and a little bit of James Gunn. Because I love the the layers that Zack Snyder at least attempts to put in his movies before the uh, executives from Warner Brothers get in the way and start cutting things out of the movie. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I would like a little bit of a, a fun and and and, uh, and a little bit lighter tone that Gunn brings to his uh, his um, uh, productions. So um, I, I like the idea, and like Jeff said, I'm optimistic. For me, probably a little more cautiously optimistic. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yeah, we've talked uh, on this podcast over the years, Will, that uh, it's not true. But uh, I always leaned on this uh, rumor that uh, the rule one for DC movies was no jokes. Well, that was and, a rumor. Uh, yeah, the, the no joke policy yeah. was the yeah. thing that people And believe. there's a couple of jokes, you know. I mean, yeah. even, even, even the Christopher Nolan movies have jokes. And I don't mean the Joker, you know. Yeah, right. you know. So, like, yeah, they're, they're, it's usually like, okay three jokes and that's it um and look i think uh not using like ant-man as an example there are definitely marvel movies where i'm like okay we gotta do we need this many jokes it's funny yeah yeah and there's times where it's the right number of jokes you know i think a perfect okay thor ragnarok versus thor oh, love and thunder which God i know a lot it. of people didn't like i was fine with it but you know ragnarok right amount of humor love and thunder was like bad just that's let's, turn up, let's just turn up Guns awful. and Roses some more, okay? Yeah, let's yeah. Let's go do that. 
Um, and now so, there's yeah, that look, Dungeons and Dragons movie that's like cut oh. with another Led Zeppelin song that's essentially yeah. filmed and marketed as if it was Thor without yeah. Thor. Like yeah, the, we, the font, the tray. I'm like, oh, this that, is just the we, marketing for Thor, but there's no Thor in this movie. Will, Will and I saw the trailer for Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons before. Chris Pine. So, yeah. yeah the, with Chris Pine. And the, he, he, that's exactly what you said to me. He's like, this is Thor without Thor. And I'm like, yeah, actually, that's they're telling a story. It's like, what if we had Thor, but he never showed up? It's yeah, like, he's coming. It's right. like uh, Samuel Beckett's waiting for Thor. You know, it's like ah, he'll he'll be here in the third act. Don't worry, he'll show up at some point. Um, well, uh, Jeff, I think that uh, you're probably what like forty days away from being able to see Black Adam on HBO. That sounds Max. about yeah. Probably, I think they yeah. do a forty-five day window like Disney Plus does. So. Uh, you know, you already know what the spoiler is, really, and then the rest of it. Uh, but uh, I'll be interested to know what you uh, think about it when you do get a chance to see it. Um, and uh, in the meantime, Jeff, we can tell people uh, anything if there's any news about uh, the alternate. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, the last battle of the revolution by the one, the only jeff winstead look there's two jeff winsteads on your screen right now mm. so for our visual <laughs> jeff, real fast, uh are you excited by i feel like that blue aquaman suit in the sequel that we've seen some photos of is like kind of reminiscent of that uh mm-hmm. that series oh i hadn't even thought of it in that yeah. way yeah i have to yeah, check it yeah. out more closely yeah yeah exactly i don't know yeah. if it's like 100 percent that inspiration but i was like i feel like where else would they have gotten give us a little nod to that yeah, yeah exactly great. yeah yeah, yeah. But, that, are you referring to the the 80s miniseries yeah. that uh, that Jeff yeah. always like? That's not when he has the hook hand, right? That's a different story. No, that's the 90s. Doesn't okay. that feel 90s hook hand? It's yeah, a very yeah. 90s sort of. Yeah. I mean, remember in the yeah. 90s there was the uh, Age of Apocalypse. There's the Wolverine who had his hand cut off, and it was like a it was that's an right, yeah. stump. So he would just beat yeah. people over the hands with it. Always a face yeah. scar. Somebody had yeah. face. Scar. <laughs> that's true. Everybody had a face yeah. scar yeah. or a glowing eye or yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, but I do have some comic book news about the alternate which is yep. it is coming out in print, those original six issues from Antarctic Press starting oh, oh, oh. in uh, January. Um, it's, it's, it's part of their exciting comics anthology. Well, so that sounds to me like we're going to have to get you a table at uh, Comic-Con Revolution in Ontario if you're going to have actual oh, yeah, books that's you a, can sign. That's a, good, that's a good point. Yeah, something I know. to think See? about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as always, Claremont will be there. So we'll see if we I'm can sure. get you in that neighborhood. <laughs> some spillover of people waiting for him. You know, that just tells me, oh, they pay well. That, that's, that's right. That's, that's right. That's what yeah. that tells me. Um, and in any case, I'm excited uh, to uh, see where the alternate story goes. But it's great that uh, people will be able to get uh, physical printed issues. Yeah. Uh, John, if people yeah. want to find the Raging Rhino pod. Mm-hmm. Raging Rhino podcast. Uh, yep. Yep. How do they do that? at RagingRhinoPodcast.com. And, uh, of course, I will be doing an upcoming episode about Black Adam. I'll also be doing an upcoming travel log. Uh, My wife and I, for the week of our anniversary, we we, we take that week off every year, and we try to go off someplace that we've never been to before. So this year we uh, went to Biloxi, Mississippi, and spent a day up in Mobile, Alabama, kind of toward the, 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 uh, the third coast over there. Wow. And so I'll talk about uh, a little bit about that, uh, about places where you can go, things, uh, fun things to see, and how even in the South, people can really screw up fried chicken. Whoa. All right. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always interested in the way you still tour, tell a story, but uh, yeah. I think I'm going to want to dive into that one. And real uh, quick, and, just, just, just real yeah. quick, I just want to give a quick shout out to the Geelong Cats. This is the Australian football team. They are the 2022 champions. Uh, they are my favorite team from my favorite sport in the world. That's also on a recent podcast, so check that out too. Well, speaking of uh, champions and uh, playoffs, I have to apologize for our uh, baseball preview where uh, we got everything wrong. Literally, we got every, everything wrong. Yeah. We can started I, off with a really foul language. Just e- real quick up front. Yeah. Fuck the Astros. I mean, you're not going to hear you're going to hear me say other than that. Uh, our guest, Devin Gordon, uh, started off a trend uh, just saying like, man, the Phillies are bad at baseball. And it's true. They were most of the year. And I here they are in the World Series. So we literally didn't know what we were talking about. So I have to apologize. Uh, Will Sterling, if people yes. want uh, to hear history, but maybe they don't like their history rated G or PG. Is there yeah. a way that they could find that? They can find it. Uh, history rated R. That is the that is my weekly podcast with my co-host, Dr. Craig Smith. We talk about 
all the fun things in history and uh, i say fuck a lot and we drink so uh you know if and that's the history podcast you've been looking for here we are oh yeah and, cheers and i need to schedule uh our uh, wizard of oz episode that i'm now insisting on recording yes. with both i i so. talked to craig about it yesterday and he said yes great all right i'm gonna have to remind myself i'm like all that stuff <laughs> but that's all right uh and at will sterling underscore because that guy uh just won't give it up yeah the at will sterling uh in any case that was all the time uh we have for now thanks everybody for our thoughts on black adam thanks to john jeff and will uh, our pal jeff duray would have uh, joined us but uh, he was unable to see the movie this week so uh just know that we put the invite out and he uh, gave us a middle finger no he <laughs> he was uh, under the weather this week so we didn't see it but we'll i'll see you soon we'll see you next time on the black cast Baby, come back. Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. Hope I'm saying this right. The Blath Cast. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.